This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. We, we go back to this story then of um, the warrant of arrest that's been issued uh, for Vladimir Putin, the um, Russian president, and uh, um, by it's been issued by the ICC. Of course, uh, why this is of uh, in importance to us is that because uh, R- Vladimir Putin, it has now been confirmed by the Minister of International Relations and Cooperation, uh, uh, Naledi Pando, who was speaking uh, on the sidelines there of uh, the um, welcome of the royal family of Belgium. She confirmed that the Russian president has indeed been invited um, to the BRICS, uh, to attend the BRICS uh, um, summit that is due to take place uh, in August, uh, uh, as well as the other leaders of the BRICS countries, uh, he expected, you know, he will be, in, he has been invited to attend. But uh, the, what the minister was not further clear about was what they would do about uh, this warrant of arrest. She did criticize the ICC for inconsistencies and what she referred to as double, double standards on global affairs, saying that there are many countries that have been involved in wars, invasion of territory, and killing people, arresting activists, and none of them have been called up by the ICC, said the minister. So let's hear now, I was joined on the line by... Uh, a scholar with, uh, of international relations with the who focuses on international political economy with an emphasis on Africa and the Southern African development uh, community. Dr. Oscar van Heerden, good morning. Good morning, Tavisa, and good morning to your listeners. Yeah, so this uh, is going to be... It's very interesting to hear the comments coming out of the minister on this one, you know, um, which seems to give a clear indication of what their position is with the, um, in terms of this warrant of arrest. I suppose the first question I would ask is that, in any case, what difference would it make whether or not uh, uh, Vladimir Putin came to South Africa? Because we have shown in the past that... Uh, well, you don't have a great appetite for executing a warrant of arrest, as we saw with the Omar al-Bashir case. Yeah, no, look, I mean, uh, the truth of the matter is perhaps we should flip, just just turn that on its head, uh, Trapezo, and, and mm. ask the question. All of those that are encouraging South Africa to arrest uh, the president of Russia, if Putin should go to any Western Hemisphere country right now, whether it is the United Kingdom, Germany, and or the United States. The question we must ask is, will they arrest him? Mm. And I think the answer is no. But they would be under no obligation to, because they don't even belong to the ICC. Indeed, but let's say he goes to Paris or or one of those that that are a a signatory to the Rome Statute. Yeah. You know, the question you must ask is, will those countries Mm. risk arresting a president of Russia, a country with more than 5,000 nuclear warheads. Mm. And as you know, an arrest of a head of state uh, in a foreign country is uh, certainly a declaration of war. Mm. Um, you know, so, so that's the first thing. And I, and I just think that people must, must, must just try and think about it from that perspective. Mm. Secondly, of course, it does create a dilemma for South Africa. South Africa has been since the, the Omar Bashir case, have been toying with this idea. You would know, Titi, that the ANC, the governing party, took a decision mm. in 2017 
that indeed South Africa must withdraw from the Rome Statute. Perhaps it was a knee-jerk reaction to the Basir embarrassment mm-hmm. uh, and so on, but uh, the, the latest conference of the ANC in 2022, where, where President Ramaphosa was re-elected, uh, rescinded that decision and said, no, uh, we should not withdraw from the ICC. And, and the, the, the crux of the matter at the time, and still is, what the South African government is arguing is that there's this tension, this conflict between the Vienna uh, 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 Declaration, the Vienna uh, Convention, Convention mm. which talks to the issue of diplomatic immunity. Mm. As you know, as foreign nationals who represent their countries in foreign countries through embassies, mm. they have diplomatic immunity, including usually uh, the cabinet ministers and the head of state of foreign countries. So when when Bashir came, or when Putin comes, which I doubt he will, but if he comes, mm. there's that conflict between the Rome Statute and diplomatic immunity. And, and the ICC uh, and evidently our own courts were saying that there is no conflict, such a person must be arrested. And I yeah. think that's where the tension lies. So now here's the thing, and this is where I struggle with the government policy and what our international, you know, relations policy or foreign policy that often tends to come across as rather, you know, wishy-washy, uh, for lack of a really a better expression, because we either take a position on a matter and we don't, because even when we did uh, take the, the after the Al Bashir matter, when we moves were made to withdraw from South Africa, then kind of uh, halfway through, it's like mm, on second thoughts, maybe we shouldn't. I mean, the position should be clear, and if they want to drive home a point about the inconsistencies of the ICC, then that's what needs to happen. But not when you are now called upon to act upon what you have committed to. No, I, I completely agree with you. I do think that you know one of the one of the things that I've always argued, and I just wrote an article again this week, uh, which which flows from my mm. from my doctoral thesis, which is constantly asking: Is our foreign policy consistent or confused? Mm. Um, and the truth is, that I agree with you. There is no room for confusion. You look at, for example, the United States and how they address this issue of the International Criminal Court, completely anti the court. Mm. They refuse to sign their own statute. In fact, in recent, uh, in recent years, openly threatening... Yes, right, to arrest the people from the court. Say, yeah. if, you, if you dare to issue investigations or warrants against not only our president, forget about that, our servicemen and women, who participated in the most heinous of war crimes in Afghanistan and Iraq and so on. We will target you personally mm. as individuals and your families. Mm. I mean, this is, and when I say target, I'm talking of freezing of bank accounts, refusing uh, travel restrictions, mm. uh, refusing visas, not allowing them to come to the United States, and so on and so forth. So this is how serious. The, the, so it's very fresh, and I use that very mm. sarcastically, Titi. It's very fresh for for Biden and others now to say it's a good thing that the ICC has issued this warrant against Putin when they themselves uh, will go completely bananas if ever the ICC should dare to issue an, a, a warrant of arrest for, for example, Bush yeah. or, or Tony Blair and the heinous crimes that yeah. they committed in Iraq. But let me ask you this, and uh, and I think this is probably something that the South African government can, you know, will, I guess, uh, give them comfort in the sense that 
What were the consequences of us not uh, effecti- uh, executing the warrant of arrest against Omar al-Bashir? From what I can see, there were, there were no consequences. Yeah, well, they, you must address that in two ways. One is the question, what can the ICC, meaning the court itself, do in terms of consequence management? But then secondly, what is it that we would, we would face internationally? So from, an, from a court perspective, there's absolutely nothing the court can do. As you know, they don't have an enforcement arm. They rely on member states to, to enforce their, their, their rulings and so forth. So there's nothing that the court can do per se. What will certainly do is global condemn, condemnation against South Africa, uh, especially from those, those countries that are members of their own statute. Because if one country like South Africa begins to, to, to show the middle finger, to the court, mm. to the arrest warrant, to their own statute, what does that then say for the rest of them? And I think that is the issue here, that South Africa will already, as you noted, we find ourselves in a very precarious position because of our non-aligned position around the war. We refuse to condemn uh, the, the war uh, in, in Europe. Yes. Um, and I think that is the, my opinion is that is the correct position. Mm. We, we should not be forced to take sides when South Africa, through its foreign policy, has been very consistent in condemning not only taking sides, but constantly keeping the door open to be an honest broker. And I think South Africa is consistent on that path. However, we have received certain backlash. Mm. Uh, the Americans and others have, have, have condemned us. Uh, and we're in a very precarious position. And the question is, do you want to now further exacerbate right. that precarious position mm. by also uh, uh, denying uh, the implementation of the Rome Statute or the arrest warrant? Thank you so much. Dr. Oscar van Heerden, an international relations scholar there, also um, with a focus on uh, political economy and uh, emphasis on Africa and SADC. I appreciate your, your time and your insights. Thank you, Titi. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.